Three, two, one. And now we got the guy. What's your name again? Nate the Great, Bully Nate, uh, Nathaniel Carter. Is there any other names that I'm forgetting? Uh, Nate Aikman, GSF. <laughs> Nate Aikman. Okay, so you've got yeah. actually three names. One government name and three uh, wrestling names. This, <laughs> this is actually the most interesting uh, podcast I'm about to do because... Uh, I don't know. You've been. Have you been out of the loop recently? Although you just said you're with GSF. I've been out of the loop when it comes to a lot of the things, but GSF is one thing that I'm still involved with, and XCW, XWE. But I have pretty much been out of the loop for a while now. No CWS or WCW that you used to run. Um. Well, with CWS, it's like. It's it's the story of a guy who's in love with a woman and can never get over her, so he keeps trying to get her back, and that's where we're at with CWS once again. No matter how many times it goes under, I still have the desire to bring it back one more time and give it one more shot. So, you know, that's where I'm at now, mm. to give it one more, because, you know, I'm getting convinced and convinced and people, hey, bring it back, bring it back. So, you know, why not? It's hopefully things go right, but I'm just starting that like within the week, so like that's still in the early phases. Right now, every guy that I brought on here, for the most part, I think all have one thing in common, with the exception of like maybe two people that I brought on. They all have or are running a call company at some point, and I always basically tell them to explain to the people what it's like to run. A, a company and how much work is put into it. So I, I don't think talent who's just strictly talent or has always been talent doesn't realize the amount of work that this hobby actually needs for it to actually happen. No, it's a whole lot of work. Um, on top of everything, you have to first determine what kind of show you want and what kind of look you want. And that comes with quality, comes with what you capture it on. Nowadays, PlayStation, I don't know about Xbox One, but you can save video clips, so that made the process a lot easier. But, you know, you have to capture. You have to have the right kind of computer or laptop with the right amount of memory to save these clips. You have to have the right kind of video editing software, and that's just making the show as far as capturing it. Then there's the editing. Then there's the logos. <laughs> then there's the commentary. Then there's the dancing around copyright on YouTube with certain music that you want for this promo package or this entrance. And while all of that's getting done, we're not in an era now where Fantasy Call is as popular as it once was, so now for the most part, a lot of people have people in their shows. So then you got to deal with making everybody happy. And to me, that's the most complicated part nowadays. Like, it was always the capturing before. It was very time-consuming, but... You know, I sympathize with a lot of other guys because it's not easy to make everybody happy. No. And um, everybody knows what they want, which is a good thing. But, you know, there's only so many world titles. And there's only so many guys who can be the guy for the time. And, you know, when you make promises to people to get them to come to your show and then you get other people who are just as good or even better, it puts you in a position yeah, and the one thing I remember about your show 
was Sports Time. I'm talking like 2011, 2012. Mm-hmm. It was very crisp. Like, and what I mean by crisp is the quality in in video format was very crisp, very like 1080p, or I guess at that time it would be 720p or whatever the hell. Like, that must have been an even bigger hassle for you to have to save video formats in that type of realm because of the, the size of the video. It was. And I didn't, back then, I didn't know programs could, you know, convert the video files into smaller uh, gigabyte files and whatnot. So I had a lot of issues with my memory. And I went through a lot of laptops that were crashing on me. And it was a real bad experience to go through, but it taught me. You know, that I would have to either change what I'm doing or find something else. So it was through a lot of trial and error. I went through a Hoppage. I went through a Roxy OHD. And then I went through the first Elgato, all in attempts to, you know, change that. Mm. And I remember one thing in particular that was correlated to CWS. And I need you to elaborate on this because this is one of the funniest things I had ever witnessed. Well, I shouldn't say witnessed, but listened to. Even though you could call it quote-unquote drama, but the person I think the subject matter is probably doesn't give a shit now because it was seven years ago. The infamous uh, call where he got fired from CWS, Reggie Tiller. <laughs> I remember this call like no tomorrow, and it was probably the funniest thing ever because it was AJ who cut in and fired him, and he flipped his lid saying, fire me from your, what was it, jobber-ass Jobber, call? yeah, your jobber cough, yeah. What led to him flipping out like that, and what led to that whole scenario? I don't want to use the Eric Bischoff I don't recall line, because that, to me, when people say that's a bunch of bullshit, but what I think I remember happening was we were, it was something so simple as we were playing WWE 12 and he was upset that he lost. I think it was that simple. And then that whole thing turned into him yelling, you know, fire me from your job recall to Mama Tiller coming in to, it just turned, it took a life of its own. And to this day, people will still tell me, man, remember when Reggie did it to them? I'm like, ah, oh, that's such a, moments eight years ago seven eight years ago it's a long time ago now but you know that all started like many of those skype arguments started back in the day over something so small and it just took a life of its own yeah and uh i i used to listen to that call every day because you you made him really flip his lid like what what was your relationship like with reggie because it seemed like it was always on and off no that's exactly what it was it was on and off a lot um you know, uh, <laughs> Reggie had the, how do I put it? Reggie was a guy who would always say things in Skype calls, trying to impress other people, not me. But there would be other people from the past who would join the call. Guys like, I don't know if you remember this guy, Angry Mark. He used to be around back in the day. Mm. Uh, you know, Ryan Scaletta. Yeah, I don't, ugh, I can't believe I mentioned his name. And other people. And, you know, people would always try to get Reggie to say things like, hey, Reggie, say Reggie, fire. hey, Reggie, do this, do that. So Reggie had always, you know, wanted to make people laugh. And then, you know, he would just say things that would tick me off. I would say things that would tick him off. And we would always go at it, get along, go at it, get along. But, you know, that's just the kind of relationship we had back then. Nowadays, everything's cool with me and Reggie. He's not really active in anything anymore. But, you know, we don't have any issues at all anymore. 
Was that Reggie Mania your idea, or was that something he concocted? It, it was my idea because I just thought it was going to be so great. Like, I come from an era, as you come from, I used to see Amazing Punk and this, that, and the other. I thought to myself, you know, some, if Reggie was Reggie Mania, that would just be gold. And Reggie absolutely, to this day, he hates the idea. He doesn't want anything to do with Reggie Mania. He thinks it's a parody on him. And I'm trying to tell him that, Reggie, some people, not all people, but some people are actually laughing with you or not laughing at you. It's not to make fun of you. Like this Reggie Mania thing can be huge. It can be, it can get a lot of laughs out of people, the good kind of laughs, not, you know, making fun of your eye or whatever. We're not doing that. You know, it's not about that. It's about this voice you have, these promos you cut. This can be hilarious. And, you know, to I will tell you, I messaged him last week because Khan had told him about CWS coming back. And Khan was like, hey, would you like to do Reggie Mania? He, he still hates it. He just doesn't want to do it, no matter what. That's the thing that bothers me about certain people today. And that is, all right, here, here's a perfect example. Santino Morello. That guy is fondly remembered for being such a great entertainer. Whether you like him or hate him, that's that's up to the person's own individual taste. Yeah. But Santino had, what, a seven-year career with the WWE in mostly prominent roles because his character was that of comedy. And even though, yes, he never looked like a world champion material, people are going to remember Santino Morella many years down the road way more than they would remember somebody like, God bless him, Evan Bourne, because his impact had more in, onto the industry than... I shouldn't say... Uh, Matt Seidel in the independence is fine, but Evan Bourne in WWE... Uh, not so much, but that's the I thing. I completely agree. And and looking, like you said, at Amazing Punk. People are going to remember Amazing Punk fondly in the Kaw universe because yeah. he took a character and ran with it. Unlike, and ran with it. Yeah. Whereas, uh, if you look at something like that and then look at it with shame, it's not helping you in the long run because you're just being bitter over something that could have potentially been successful. Yeah, and like, and what Reggie wants to do and what he's wanted to do since back there, he's very consistent. He wants this character, Black Moses, and he wants the gimmick to be like 2008, 2009, Chris Jericho. He wants to be that kind of hero wearing the suits, and I'm like, and I'm trying to tell him, like, Reggie, I know you in and out. This does not fit you. You're setting yourself up for failure with this. You should just trust me and do the Reggie Mania character. Everyone will remember it. Everyone loved you when you was making videos. Like, Reggie Mania is closer to the whole Reggie-fied kind of gimmick. This Black Moses thing is not going to catch on. He didn't listen to me. He did the character in XWE, and no one ever knows that it happened. So... You know, I can't say I'm a genius and I know everything, but when it comes to Reggie, we, we all watched him. We know what we watched him for. Mm. And X so I was trying to feel. XWE, I have no knowledge of this company other than it's ran by Khan. And the only memory I have of it is about two years ago, right before WrestleMania 33, he wanted me and a guy by the name of Chronix to do a program for his, his promotion. And I said to him, well, you picked a good time because Chronix and I are bumping into each other at Mania. We can do some promos for you if you need them. 
And then, like, within 24 hours, he changed his mind and said, I'll get back to you, and here we are two years, two and a half years later, still waiting for whatever he's got for me, so. <laughs> oh, wow. I never knew of that story. Mm. Um, XCW was around for a while. Khan, you know, had been trying to get it off the ground, and I respect the work that he put in. He didn't have the best quality, but he put in hard work, and when I watched his show, it reminded me a lot of ECW on TNN, on actual TV. And I liked what he was doing with that style of, you know, hardcore. It wasn't being done anywhere. So I always watched it. And, you know, a couple of months ago, Khan was like, hey, man, we should, you know, do something with CWS and XWD. And I told him at the time CWS wasn't active. But, you know, I've helped him on a ton of shows that are done. He sent to me, like, he has about six shows that he could just upload today. I don't know why he hasn't uploaded it, but it's definitely being done um i'm participating in this one night stand that he has and he has booked i don't know how he's done it but he has some wrestlers on there actual wrestlers who cuts promos i think it's pretty cool it's a whole different spin on call like he's back in the fantasy realm while using people you know to cut promos and whatnot so hey cod if you're listening fucking message steve already and see if you can get his program going yeah something (laughs) but not only that I, I do have to take one thing back. I do remember the man himself, the franchise Shane Douglas, actually cut a promo on you. Like, yes. did you know going in he was cutting a promo on you, and what was your reaction when he actually did it? I had no idea when Khan said, oh, I'm going to get Shane Douglas to cut a promo on you. I'm thinking, oh, he's going to make Shane Douglas, you know, on the video game. He's going to piece together videos. So he sent me this audio video file. Daniel Carter, you're gonna get flashed. I said, like, "What? How the fuck did you get that?" Like, 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 and he, he's like, "Oh, it's this website he uses, but he does that for a lot of people. He has Kurt Angle on there now. Uh, he has some other guys that he told me, like some big names that he got. I don't know how he got these names, but um, my reaction was I couldn't believe it happened. And the funny thing is that Shane Douglas is someone that I never liked because I met him." At NWA Cyber, uh, I think it was called Cyber Slam Saturday. It was like 2004 TNA, and he was such a dickhead to fans. I just, yeah, I understand you're doing a character, but like when the lights are off and kids want an autograph and you're in character, to me it's just being a dick. So I never liked Shane Douglas, and then he got him to cut the promo on me. Nowadays, you know, I let all that go. Shane Douglas is pretty cool, but that, that's it's funny how things happen, huh? Mm. The one guy I just didn't like in wrestling, he got to cut a promo on me. You know, it's funny. I mean, it's not up as of this recording, but we did a show with Jay Crack, and he basically said the same sentiments you did. He did not have any too much kind words to say about the franchise, so... I guess he's just got this uh, rep- reputation amongst him that does not carry well amongst many people. Yeah, he can come off as a total dick sometimes, which is cool because people have said, I come off that way. I see it a little differently. I see it as, you know, if you know me and whatnot, I'm actually a good guy. But sometimes I have gone overboard, which I'm fully, you know, I have. I'm not going to sit here and bullshit. But Shane Douglas to me, if I'm a wrestler... I take the Bret Hart approach. I appreciate people. And, 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 you know, I'll stay and sign stuff. And if it's a kid, I'll definitely sign it. Like, if a kid comes up to you and wants an autograph, you don't have to be, you know, the franchise Shane Douglas in character after a show. That's just my opinion. Some people see it as, you know, kayfabe needs to exist, but this was 2004. 
kayfabe had been dead. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So Yeah, pretty much. But uh, I do got to ask, you've had two characters that I'm well aware of. The Bully yes. Nate character and the Nate the Great character. Which yes. one is more of a reflection on you? Oh, Nate the Great. Because um, he's the character that I made all the way back to Warzone as a kid. <laughs> I made him on my name, Nate the Great. And he was just supposed to be... I wanted to make him just a high-flying, you know, guy who was, you know, like, middleweight. story about him was I grew up a big boxing fan and my favorite fighter in the world, Roy Jones Jr. And he started off as a middleweight, got up to a heavyweight. And I wanted to do that with Nate the Great. I wanted to make him, you know, smaller in the smaller weight classes and build him up to become a heavyweight. And my storyline with him back then, just playing video games as a kid, was he's going to be the first guy to be this small and go up and win all the titles and then win the, you know, heavyweight title. So that was the story with Nate the Great. And that's why I always hold him more, you know, close to me. Bully Nate came out of nowhere, and I enjoyed it a lot. But um, I'm not Bully Ray. I'm not that kind of guy. <laughs> You're not a bully? You, you, no. No, no. Okay. Because um, there's one guy in particular I've always hear stories about you from him. And sometimes I look at him sometimes and think that part of it is his fault. Because he just tends to go back. And his name is Daniel Mars. <laughs> he has said a lot of things, and nothing negatively about you that I can recall in our podcast when me and Daniel talked. But every time I talk to him, he always says something about you, and I say to him myself, well, if he's exactly doing this, why constantly go back to him? Um, what is this, this, this thing with you and Daniel? Because, I mean, before you say what you got to say, keep in mind I've had... Two guests on here, um, Sean Walsh and, and obviously uh, Jay Crack. I didn't really mention uh, Daniel Mars to Jay Crack, but I know they don't have fond things to say about Daniel. No, Mars. they don't. So, no. wh where no. do you stand? Uh, when it comes to my take on Daniel Mars, and this is stuff I tell to him, first of all, our relationship right now, we're solid, but. You know, I think we're as solid as we've been in a long time, and take that with a grain of salt because I know we've gone back and forth and back and forth. My opinion on him is that he wants to be liked a little too much. Yes. I told him this to his. I told him this to him by me, by everybody. Not just you know. I'm not saying he wants to be liked by Travis or you or whoever. No, he wants to be liked by everyone too much, including me. So wanting to be liked as much as he wants to be liked. He does silly, stupid things sometimes to get a rise out of someone or, you know, to make them laugh or whatever. And it comes across as, you know, fake. And, you know, I heard people say he's a Nate Mark and whatever, and I'll get into that later because I don't understand what that means, basically. But I'll, that's something totally different. And I'm, that's not to blast the people who call him a Nate Mark. Actually, it's completely opposite. It's just to ask the question. But when it comes to him, me and his relationship is very complicated. Back then, now it's more clear. Because back then, you know, we'd have terrible blow-ups at each other. And, and, and then, you know, a couple of days later, we'd be cool. And then we'd be cool for a month, and then we'd have another blow-up. And then, you know, we'd make it up. 
One thing I do want to say, though, is uh, the narrative that he'll always come back to me is a little bit unfair because there have been times that me and him have had issues and then I was the one to message him and apologize. Like, hey, I said this and maybe that was a little too fucked up or maybe that just came out the wrong way. And vice versa, he's messaged me and said, hey, Nate, this, that, and the other. Um, he's somebody that I'm never really that angry at, though, because when I when he does something, I just go to myself, ah, oh, that's David Vince. Now he's David Vince. What, what can he say? You know, he just does stupid shit like that. I just I just know him so well now that I expect those kind of things. But, you know, he's not a bad guy, and he's so vilified these days by a lot of people. And I understand why. I mean, you know, I talked to Sako, or sorry, Sean Walsh a while ago, and he told me the things that he saw David posting about, you know, divas or what not. And, you know, I talked to other people like Jay, and, and I've known for a while that him and Jay don't mix, so whenever I would have them both in my call shows, I would never try to, like, get them to do stuff together. And, you know, it's just it's a shame because David is not a horrible person. He's not a horrible guy. He's just somebody who wants to be liked a little too much, and, and he's also a very impulsive kind of guy. So, you know, things just come out sometimes that shouldn't come out. I agree. He's definitely impulsive. He has said some things that have gotten him under uh, hot water, like the, the comment that he made to Alex, where he basically said, uh, did you Photoshop your head onto Levi's body? That obviously was not well thought out. And no, it wasn't. I'm, I'm on your boat. Like, I don't think the guy is malicious. I just don't think the guy thinks before he actually talks, because... If he actually thought about what he was saying before he actually spewed it out, he would understand that what he's saying is either insensitive, uh, thick-headed, you know, the whole nine yards. Um, that's and, and like you, every time he does something, I'm just like, well, that's that's David. What are you going to do? Um, the, the, although the, the last thing that he did when he told Ryan Carroll to kill himself, I couldn't defend him anymore at this point because Travis wanted to get rid of him due to his heat. At that yeah, point, that was bad. I could I couldn't and Carol's defend. not somebody I like at all and he doesn't like me and I didn't tell him that. And I've been see when I get in that position of damn, I didn't even say something like that. And I've been known to say some real mean things when I'm upset and I wouldn't even say that to Ryan Carroll. Me and Ryan Carroll had a heated debate one time about religion and he really got under my skin. And I didn't even say that to him. So that was a little far, very far. <laughs> very far. Religion. Wow, you. We we're in a call com, uh, call community, and we got people arguing about religion here. Which that was a long time ago. That was like 2012, 2011. Like we used to have Skype calls, and we used to talk about everything on Skype. Like we, it was very rare that we talked about wrestling or call. Like we would talk about life situations and philosophies and politics a lot of times. And and religion came up one day. It wasn't a conversation with me and him. He was having it with another guy named Brandon, who a lot of people might not know who that guy is because he's nowhere near active these days. But they were having a debate about religion, and I was listening, and it was ticking me off, so I jumped in the conversation. But even after that happened, I would never tell Ryan Callahan, go kill yourself or anything like that. Like That was way too far, way too far. And See now, I the, told this to them. the old me probably would have, but that's <laughs> the old me. That's the, the me that I put into the past because, like, like you said, that's just not something you say at thirty, which is what Daniel is. You don't say that yeah. to somebody. 
But yeah, I would have said something else derogatory, like I would have probably, you know, hey, you, and I don't want to say the word, but you know, the f word, not fucked up. I would, hey, you f you or something. I would have said something like that. But as far as kill yourself, no, nah, I wouldn't have said that too. Mm. Not that serious. Fair enough. Um, <clears throat> C O H. This is the career that that you and I have shared a lot of years with, which is a lot. In CH. So you said the bully Nate character was out of nowhere. Um, yeah, it really was. Mm-hmm. Like, how how out of nowhere are we talking about here? Like, you just turned when the I camera first, on? Yeah, when I first came into COH, before anything had started, I had known Travis from doing the YWC and, and vice versa. And I had saw that he was involved with these other car shows, which was cool to me because before the YWC, I was doing car. And I was, you know, watching DWF and Extreme Car Wrestling and all those other shows. So I started watching the shows Travis was into. And then when he started COH, I was like, hey, can I join? He's like, sure, you can join. Of course you can join. And I was Nate the Great. And I was just doing little things here and there. But then uh, Angry Mark came in. And me and him were really, really tight at the time. Of course, that didn't last. Um, (laughs) And at this time, I'm also a huge TNA fan. And Bully Ray was one of my favorite characters. I'm like, man, he puts on the hat. He, I can do that easily, and I bet I can do it great. And me and Mark were a tag team, and that's when the change happened. It, I, we didn't think it out. We didn't plan it out. It just happened. And it was getting a response. And and it's funny because the way things were going, if you look back at the Vicious Bullies, which is a great name that Travis came up with without giving his credit, um, Mark was the guy who everyone thought was going to be the one to go far, myself included. I thought, you know, he had everything it took when it came to the promos, the look, the everything. I thought Angry Mark was going to be the guy to go far, but then he just became, you know, reclusive and he wasn't involved anymore. And I was the one who became more involved. So it's funny how that happened, but it really did happen out of nowhere. We didn't plan for Bully Nate. It just happened. Well, yeah, that's what I was also going to ask. So let's get to the Mark Vicious era. Uh, You said you were tight with him. So assuming that because you were tight with him, it was your guys' idea to team up? It was and it wasn't like, like, how do I put it? At the time, I saw that Travis wasn't having a lot of tag teams. And I thought that would be a good lane for us to make our name because individually we had a lot of guys, but tag teams were a little weak. And this is a problem amongst a lot of car shows. A lot of people, myself included, just don't usually have a lot of great tag teams because usually a lot of people want to be, uh, you know, solo guys. So I figured, you know, I'll do Travis a favor. Let's do a tag team. And, you know, let's try to get that established. And me and Mark being a team, I don't remember if it was my idea or his, but it just happened like that. And then we presented to Travis. Either he did or I did, and Travis was all for it. Travis named us, though, because, you know, we couldn't come up with a name. Okay. Um, my my always thing, my only thing was like, okay, so this was a great team, in my opinion. I thought they, they, that it was a perfect team to get the first tag team title win. But... The way it ended, it ended so abruptly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on top of that, we never got, like, a conclusive end to that story. Because what happened was, at one show, I think it was Call to Arms, you and him 
had a kayfabe falling out. You beat him up, and then that was that. And he never came back. And here yeah. we are seven years later, and he still has not come back. Yeah. He just... He had deleted his YouTube channel, and, and he left... I don't want to say... You know, I don't want to say it like that, but if you're running a show, and if you have a title belt on a guy, and he doesn't... And he just leaves out of nowhere, to me, that's leaving someone high and dry. So... You know, he left, and Travis didn't know what to do with him, probably, so he thought that's the only thing you can do. But he just closed everything. He was gone. Gone like the wind. <laughs> I haven't spoken to him since that time, either. I don't know what happened to him. Um, wow. Yeah, he's, he's just been gone. You know, he probably... Because he was doing movie reviews on YouTube and stuff like that, and I was subscribed to his channel. I haven't seen him do anything. So I really don't know what happened. I don't know if that's the issue he has with me, if he just said, fuck this, I'm done with the internet, or whatever. If uh, he didn't take calls seriously, which he probably didn't, which is, you know, I understand. But, yeah, just, I don't know what happened to him. Uh, I can tell you this much. And this is only an assumption, and uh, I'm just going to point it out there. Don't think that this is 100% fact. I'm, okay. only, I'm only speaking this on, this is for everybody listening to this. I'm only speaking on another story that is similar to this that didn't have a happy ending. So there was this guy on the YWC named the Jericho. And I used to talk to this guy every other day on Skype. He, I would be in Skype calls with him, guys like Truth Slayer, guys like uh, Crazy Mike. and, and Man, we're people. taking it back. Yes, we are. We are. <laughs> He actually was in CAW He for a short while. He was in YTCW, known as the Jericho. And like Mark Vicious, with the exception of deleting his uh, YouTube channel, his YouTube channel is actually still up, every... He just disappeared. Just out of sight, out of mind. Like, nobody knows what the hell happened. He just, like, never came to Skype and just was gone completely. And we were just like, how the hell did that happen? Well, come to find out, after doing some research, because I just figured, uh, you know what, whatever happened to this guy? So I go onto his YouTube channel, and it was his very last video. It's a video of him showing pictures of his family. Eh, whatever. And it's playing the song Cats in the Cradle. And all of a sudden, somebody points out that the Jericho was actually arrested for sexual assault. Oh, my God. Prison time. Which would explain his hiatus. Now, That's crazy. <laughs> now, and 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 to verify this, I looked up his uh, his mugshot and his arrest records, and it's all very true. Now, that's not to say that's what happened to Mark Vicious. I don't know what happened to him, because I'm just saying, based on what I know, that is a similar situation. Um, for all we know, maybe he just didn't, like you said, he didn't care for the internet or YouTube or whatever and just decided he was just going to be a spectator or whatnot. But, I do remember another YouTube user as well who was, I, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but I remember at the time he was like already in his mid-30s doing these videos and then he had to delete everything because he was an outed pedophile. So, oh my god. Yeah. So, j just for the record, again, we don't know if this is Mark Vicious. I'm just saying, I've seen two <laughs> stories similar to his, and they didn't end well. So hopefully Mark Vicious <laughs> has a better ending. Hopefully he comes back one day. He says, hey, Nate, I want to match with you. Let's, 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 you know, end it all. 
Well, let's hope we got in a jail or something. Well, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, I was going to ask, but uh, we jumped into COH and the vicious bullies, but I actually wanted to touch up on CWS a little bit more. Okay. Um, I remember one of my advocates when when I was with you was AJ. Yes. And I remember AJ used to always tell me that he would fight tooth and nail to get me some sort of run there. Um, what's what's your side to this story? Because I wasn't that. That's what we that. call a half. Yeah, that's what we call a half story because he did. He was your biggest advocate there. I, but I liked your character. I liked Steve Parkinson. I thought there was stuff that I can do with Steve Parkinson. So when somebody says they have to fight tooth and nail, with that comes across to me as saying that, oh, he doesn't like you, so he's not going to push you. And that's not what it was at all. I had gotten into a situation where there were so many people. AJ Dwayne was in at that time, who was uh, DJ Wentworth, who runs DWF. He had joined my show and... And we had already agreed that he was going to get a title. That didn't happen because he lost a match and quit out of nowhere, which was unheard of at that time. There was Nathan Roberts who had done a bad gimmick for me in WCW, so I owed him, and I had told him he was going to get a U.S. title, which he eventually got. There was Travis, who was my first-ever CWS World Heavyweight Champion, who I made him the first ever world champion. I think still to this day he's the only he's only been a world champion at CWS. Then we had Caleb Blair come in, and he had a lot of momentum, and we had booked CWS and Skype calls. So what was happening was I had already given my word to so many people who finally did get it, no matter how long it took, that they're going to get this title, they're going to get this run, they're going to get this, and I had to live up to my word. Now, here comes Steve Parkinson, someone I like, someone from AJ. Every time we're talking about CWS, he's telling me, hey, you got to, you know, you got to put him over, you got to this. I'm like, AJ, you know, I can't do it right now unless we create more titles or unless we have a second show because I already have this guy, this guy, this guy who I told, hey, come to CWS and blah, blah, blah. Come to CWS and blah, blah, blah. And it taught me a lesson that I can't do that. And I haven't done it since that period. Mm-hmm. I learned a lesson from that. You know, when you give your word out, a man's worth his word. And then, you know, if you don't follow up, people are going to remember that. And I didn't want to be in that position. So it was a terrible position to be in, but that's what happened. It wasn't that I didn't want to push you. It's not that I didn't want to give you, you know, a chance. It's that at the time I was so in the shit (laughs) that Mm. I didn't see a way out of it unless we made more title belts. And when you do that... So let, All right, so we have a U.S. title, we have a world title, we have tag team titles, and then we had a cruiserweight title. So that's the middleweight, that's the heavyweight, that's the cruiserweight, that's the title. Where else would I put a title? We're going to make a Legends title, we're going to make a, another you know, world middleweight title. Or world, like, I just didn't see how it could happen at that time. And I wish, you know, playing Monday morning quarterback, hindsight's 50-50, going back. There would have been a lot of things I would have changed. And one of the things to start off with, number one, is I would have definitely had Steve Parkinson in a more prominent role because I like the character. And I would have had other guys who I didn't want in there, who I told AJ I didn't want in there. I would have got rid of them a long time ago. So, you know, that's all it was. It wasn't anything personal. 
I gotta ask because there's one team in particular you had in your company that I I I, I am so amazed that if 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 you tried this now, I guarantee somebody would have bitched and complained that you were being way too insensitive, and that was the nation of segregation. <laughs> I, I I gotta know what was on your mind when when you created this name and this team. The name. I don't exactly recall where the name came. I know I came up with it. I don't remember where the motivation for the name came from, but I knew about the work. And I got this idea because when we were in Skype calls back in the day, this is going to sound horrible now to people listening, but we, we, were, we were just some of the most – we would tell some of the most politically incorrect jokes, and we would just say so many racial jokes. And it was all jokes. We would never get offended of it like, you know – Back in the day, Ryan Carroll would say racist jokes against black people and Spanish people. I'd say racist jokes against white people and Spanish people. It was, we would all say it about each other. It was hilarious. So we're just playing WWE, and, and we're just saying jokes for our life. I'm like, you know, some, you should, this should be your character. Because before the Nation of Segregation, Ryan Carroll was in another tag team, uh, uh, the Dashing Ones, and it didn't get over as well. And I knew that Ryan Carroll had a personality that people would buy into Oh, he's really this way. How Sean Walsh got added to it was because Ryan Carroll needed help on his promos back then, and I thought that he could help him with the promos. But as far as the look goes, I got that from Oz. I grew up watching Oz and, and Oz. It was an HBO show. And I based their whole look on the Aryan Brotherhoods with the bald heads and the, you know, the white power, this, that, and the other. And the plan that I was going to go with was we were going to create a – and I'm – I'm so glad this didn't happen because I can imagine the heat nowadays doing something like this. We're going to create like a whole Islamic, you know, nation of Islam kind of group to go against, you know, their white power kind of group. And we wanted to Christ. tell <laughs> yes, man, a whole political story and call. And I thought it was going to be really good to watch back then, 2011. You can't do that now. If anybody's listening, bad idea. Don't do it. Stay away from all things that have to do with race, uh, you know, making fun of, you know, the feminist movement, making fun of the gay movement, all that. Just stay away from it today. It's not, don't do it today. But back then, you couldn't have told me that was a bad idea. And then the theme song fit them so perfectly. I just thought it was a perfect thing back then. What, what uh, was you doing the, uh, Song of the South in your company, or was that just Travis? What was the thing? No, I came up with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm the one who came up with that song. Yeah, when they went to COH, Travis was like, hey, I want to use this song. I'm like, sure, go ahead. It's a song, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. The nation, wow. that's Because it did carry over, but, I mean, we'll get to that in a second. But, um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, so CWS was not far shy from uh, controversies. No. So We had a lot. I mean, that that's still not the most controversial thing I've done. It's just it's one of those things I regret now looking back. The number one thing I regret of all time is putting Lonnie and Peter Gilmore together. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Are you telling me that you're going to take time out of this podcast <laughs> to insult Peter Gilmore? Because I will not have that. No, I will not Peter Gilmore, flag it down. <laughs> the Peter Gilmore that I know is the Peter Gilmore that would sit in front of the camera and and bless you with 17 minutes of non-stop talking about how awesome he is, though he will not win titles, and the Armada, and Blood Will Flow. Oh, the Armada. And, and, oh, and Alex Exit Dick. 
Yeah. That that was woo. Yeah, well, you know what? Since we're on the subject, what is the story behind that? Because I think everybody has kind of heard it, but since it happened in your Fed, you would probably have the most in-depth knowledge of it. Between Peter Gilmore and Lonnie? And Lonnie, yes. Well, okay, so now we got to go back in time to, like, 2009. This is where this really begins. This, we're a bunch of old-timers now. This is just ridiculous. So they had a beef from the YWC. They used to both make shoot videos on wrestling, and they didn't like each other. And it would get so much attention that I, I legitimately pulled the, you know, a Vince McMahon, oh, you know, well, they're going to go out in my car show. So I talked to Gilmore, and, of course, he was in it because, you know, he didn't get called. He thought that he was going to bury Lonnie, quote-unquote, bury the, as he would say, bury the Pendejo. Pendejo's not a, uh, quote-unquote. Lonnie thought I was going to have him smash Peter Gilmore, which in all actuality I was because I just wanted it to be a one-off. It's not a match, you know. It's going to get a lot of eyeballs, which it did. People couldn't believe they were feeling like, really? And, you know, I should have known better. Somebody who saw how personal their beef was on YouTube to the point where they're calling each other's jobs and threatening fights, I should have known better. I was being a complete view whore. I completely admit it. Um, but it got way too carried away way too quickly because, as you mentioned, Peter Gilmore would cut the 17-minute promo saying how awesome he is and the Armada and this, that, and the other. And I watch everything before I put it in the episode. I didn't watch his promo because it was so long. And in that promo that I put on the episode, Peter Gilmore has said about Lonnie, I'm going to kill you like your stillborn baby. Hmm. <sighs> That's probably the worst thing I've ever heard anybody say to anybody. And, and, and Lonnie messages me, you know, how the fuck did you... And at first I'm like, what, what the hell are you talking about, Lonnie? What, what, what are you talking about? I would never say that. Oh, not you, Peter Gilmore. So I'm like, I'm going to CWS page and I'm looking for comments. And come to find, oh, no, it's in the video. I'm like, no, he didn't say this. Because that falls on me. I should have watched the whole video. I should have edited it out. And he said that. And as soon as he said that, I messaged Gilmore, hey, you know, we're going to have to let you go from CWS. Like, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. That's way too far. And then after that, Lonnie didn't want to do call anymore because he felt as though I, you know, I betrayed him or whatnot. And you know, it was a, it was an ugly ending. But their feud started way before CWS, and they probably still hate each other to this day. I shouldn't have put them in a program together. So it falls on me. Bad judgment. Oh boy, Peter, Peter, Peter. He, he That's very bad. He never fails to amaze me, but um. <laughs> It's funny. Uh, actually, getting back into COH. So, you, you break up the Vicious Bullies, you go on your singles run. And was the COH world title your first world title in CAW? Uh, yes, it was. Uh, no, no, it wasn't. No, 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 it wasn't. I had a, a world title from... It was an old show wccw i don't know if you've ever heard of it it was going on in like 2008 2009 2010 but i had their world title one time i beat a guy by the name of uh jeff he used to be in call way back in the day and you know it was, it was a cool moment but to me even though and i don't want to make it sound like his show was nothing because it was it was getting good views to me the coh world title was really my first world title because in front of a bigger audience right and did you know 
going in that you were winning that title? How long? Um, Travis had told me I'm going to get a huge push. You know, he was trying to keep the secrets, but, you know, growing up watching wrestling, I could tell that I was going to win the title. If not there, the next show. I just, it just felt like it was coming to me. And Travis didn't exactly tell me I was going to win, but he did tell me a oh, big push is on the way. So, unless I was going to, you know, be that guy who's, you know, like, you know, a Triple H and like, you know, 08, who's winning all these matches but not winning the world title and, you know, still a big name, okay. But I assumed that it was going to come to me, and it did. And when it did, I was like, wow. Like, that's, that's a big moment. You know, I was the first black COH world heavyweight champion. First mm-hmm. world heavyweight champion at that. It was a COH championship before then. Right. And it was a huge moment for me. And I had, I sent him like a three-paragraph long message like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And, you know, at that time, we believed in each other. I was the first man to put a world title on him in CWS. He was the first person to put a world title on me in a you know, big you know, show. So it was like, it was really cool. It was really cool to me. So then, one of my proudest moments. So then, since you were unaware of what was going to happen, were you even aware about the OBN, or was that your not idea? to the level, not to the level it got to? And the OBN is one of those things that picked up momentum out of nowhere. And I know people are going to say, "Oh, come on!" But this is legitimately what happened. Me being an Ultimate Warrior fan that I am, I took his logo and made OBN. Instead of oh one warrior nation he had in WCW, and I put it as my profile picture. Not thinking anything of it. A couple of weeks go by. Me and Travis had been talking about an invasion, CWS versus COH. On his shows, you would see signs CWS sucks. On my show, you would see signs COH sucks. We had talked about exchanging passwords, so he was going to upload his shows on my channel. I was going to upload War Zones on his channel. Like we were going to do a whole big war. And then that turned into the OBN. So things really intertwined, and that happened out of nowhere, really. But when it did happen, we started to discuss some things. Uh, That name I came up with, the One Bully Nation. He came up with the name Vicious Bullies. I came up with the name One Bully Nation. But, you know, that that happened. You know, I wish we would have talked more about it before it happened so things could have been changed. But... I'm not going to sit here and act like it was the most terrible thing in the world because it wasn't. It started off great. Um, but definitely that sort of came out of nowhere. You, you know, I had Sean on the show, and he basically said that he didn't even know he was a part of CWH until the actual angle happened. Um, it's quite funny because when I first saw it, yeah, the, I got the impression it was a CWS versus COH thing. But... Just the fact that the talent didn't even know. Uh, like, did everybody who was a part of it, other than AJ Young, was everybody unaware of them going over to COH? In that capacity, yes. But in Skype calls, we had talked about a CWS invasion. People had thought that it was just going to be an invasion. I thought that it was an invasion at that point. I thought the OBN was going to come a little later. But that was the OBN. I'm like, oh, okay. But I liked it. I liked the way the episode was done. I think that's one of one of my favorite episodes. And even if it wasn't involving me, if that would have been anybody else's faction, I would have thought that was a great episode the way it was done. But they believed that 
it was going to be an invasion. I believed it was an invasion at first until, you know, obviously the Jimi Hendrix song came on the black one. Like, oh, okay, so this is the OBN thing. But, you know, they weren't aware. And I wasn't fully aware until after the episode of that going on. Mm. Just, uh, like I said, it's, it's that type of thing, you do that today... I think people would be kind of upset that they're being lumped into a promotion. Like, like we have the problem with um, Brian Walmer taking people's cause without their permission and putting them on his show. Now, to be fair, Travis is not doing outrageous things with the characters. But um, I realized that a couple of people who had been in the OBN that didn't cut promos at all, that I can remember. I don't remember Mattitude Status cutting many promos during his run. He didn't cut promos before the OBN or during the OBN when he was in COH. He never cut promos for Travis. Right. Yeah. Same thing with uh, Bon Hollywood. Like, why? Who? Bon didn't know he was in there. And, and, and I remember one night we was on Skype. I forget who exactly who. I don't want to put somebody's name in here who's not them so they can say I wasn't me. I, I want to say it was Sean Walsh. Maybe if, if it wasn't him, it was... Cash with you know Caleb Blair. One of them was like, "Hey Vaughn, you won the prize title," and Vaughn's like, "What title?" He he didn't even know he was there. Now, does that fall on me? Does that fall on Travis? That's you know for people to say maybe I should have, you know, been like, "Hey guys, you guys are here." Maybe I should have, but you know the way I felt at the time was, you know, I'm well, not how I felt. You know, I'm running CWS and and I'm. <laughs> You know, trying to hound people for promos on this show, and I don't want to have to start having to hound people for promos on COH now. And, you know, I thought, you know, back then, you know, Travis should let people know. Or maybe he thought I was going to let them know because it was my group. But then I was like, you know, if it was, you know, if it was done the way I would do it, I would have different members in here. So, you know, it was that whole thing was going on by, like, so maybe I should have let them know, but at the same time, I didn't fully know that they were going to be members of the OBN. I had suggested three guys join the OBN. Nathan Roberts, AJ Young, and, and myself. That was what I wanted to be in the beginning. Mm. What's funny... And, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no. I was just saying, those other guys just you know were added in. And I'm not trying to paint a picture that Travis just doesn't communicate with anybody. You know, I guess... His attitude was, you know, Nate, you know, this is your group. Let them know. You know what I mean? So. Uh, I mean, it still falls under Travis's lap because it's his company at the end of the day. But yeah. you, you mentioned Nathan Roberts. I don't remember e during the OBN run that he cut many promos either. I mean, he did after the OBN. He did for a little bit. But why wasn't he active? He was unhappy. And that, this is one story I remember blatantly. He was very unhappy with his position in COH at the time. And he felt he wasn't being used right or he wasn't being consulted about ideas of promos. And, and Travis probably felt that he wasn't invested enough, so Travis wasn't going to you know reach out to him that much. So it was a mutual thing. And Nathan and COH have a real, you know, I don't want to say bad history, but they're just not... They have not always been on the greatest terms. So, you know, for whatever reason, if it's his fault or not, he, he just didn't feel the investment from COH and he didn't want to really be involved until, you know, we had later Skype calls with Travis and then he was, you know, back in the mix of things, really. But 
that was disappointing to me because he was somebody that I lobbied to get in there, you know. So I felt he let me down a little bit, and this is something I told him before, mm. you know, because it was a reflection of me because it's my group. Vaughn didn't know. He didn't know he was in the group. AJ, I lobbied to get in there, and AJ definitely did his part. Oh, yeah, and then you had other guys. Yeah. You had uh, Johnny Thunder, who was the uh, other mouthpiece to the group. Uh, I didn't ask for him to join, and, and you know, I didn't see the need for him to be in the group. We had AJ. Like, like I have my hmm. Bobby the Brain Heenan. I don't need Bobby the Brain Heenan and Jim Cornette. Okay. I'm not Yokozuna. I don't need two managers. I mean, you know, I just, I'm good with AJ. Nothing against Johnny Thunder, and I swear I'm not saying it's because of how I personally feel about him right now. Mm. I really didn't understand why he was added to the One Bully Nation. But I get it because maybe Travis wanted to add a little flair to the group, but there were guys who I would have loved to have joined the group to restore it at that time. But by the time Thunder joined the group, to me, I was totally over the group. It was a loss to me, 100% loss. Right, and and not only that, um, where was I going with this? So yeah, you had have had two mouthpieces, but there was another guy that was added randomly in J Kong. What what was? I, I assume that wasn't your idea either. No, I didn't understand it. I think Travis was trying to get the rub on him a little bit, which you know, I just said, hey, in the NWO they added you know Buff Bagwell. What the hell is he doing? Or Virgil? What the hell is he doing? In oh NWO? no no no, I, not Virgil. Vincent. Oh, Vincent. I'm sorry. Vincent. Yes. <laughs> so I guess you put the rub on somebody when they join the faction. You know, maybe they, you know, get a little steam behind them. Maybe that was his thinking with Jay Kong. He's a nice guy. He messaged me to join CWS before. You know, I might let him one day. Who knows? I don't have nothing against Jay Kong. But my attitude was we needed the criticism that was going on at the time was it's just the Nate show and AJ, Nate and AJ show, and then they added Thunder to give us a voice, but he's a manager, and then they added a guy who doesn't talk. So I'm like, well, still got this belt around my waist. <laughs> yeah, and the only guys I remember talking were Sean, he obviously put in his effort, AJ, we he just did. mentioned. Okay. Uh, Caleb started uh, doing some promos. And then there was one promo from Rudo, but I think that was like the only thing he ever contributed Oof. to be in. Oh, you want to talk heat? He, I think he actually more than Nathan. I think he has the most heat. Coh. <laughs> I don't know if many people remember him because he had a short run and he's been gone yeah. for about a few years. But um, I really, out of all the people that I've dealt with as far as uh, people. He's uh, the the one that got personal the most with me. That's that's just my dealings with him. Everybody else has just been yeah. Uh, whoever that is wants to join in on the show, but um, I, oh no no no. As I was saying, uh, basically everybody that I had problems with was all just a conflict of personalities, whereas. Him, it was actually wow. Like you're gonna go that personal and then contribute it to it as oh, you're getting heat. Yeah, I like Rudo. God bless him, but hey, he he's a little hard at it. He he just he doesn't. Oh, that's Rudo. What, what I.e. David Benson, what I was saying earlier. That's David. That's Rudo. He's got to look at sometimes. Uh, he said this and it's so stupid, but that's Rudo. 
Well, I, I, I remember it stirred from uh, an argument we had. It involved, I think, Steve... It was Dean Ambrose we were talking about. And I don't even... Like, he just said Dean Ambrose is not a star or whatever. And he made claims that Steve Austin was seen as a star the second he stepped out to the ring as the ringmaster. And he also said Which that... Which is asinine. And he also <laughs> said that John Cena debuted the rapper gimmick the very next week after he debuted. And Which is... More awesome. lies. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not just asinine, it's just wrong. Like Wrong? It's, that didn't happen like that. <laughs> no, but that, that, and then it just, it, debol- it just evolved into something else. But anyways, the OBN, what, what's your take on the group as a whole from beginning to end? Where, do, do you think it lived up to its potential? I had a lot of fun in the beginning early on, um, it was a lot of fun. It was a blast. Um, as I said, Travis had a lot of faith in me, putting the title on me, um, starting off with the title on me. I had a lot of fun doing the OBN to begin with, and we were doing a lot of controversial things. And it was getting over. It was getting a good reaction out of everyone. But as it went on, it, start, it sort of lost its purpose. And you know, now that I look back on it, you know, it's just not as... Not it, it's not remembered as good as it should be. Right, right. The OBN, the way it came out, it should have definitely been remembered way better. And you know, I'm not gonna sit here and you know, well, Travis, 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 because I understand what it is to have a show, and when you got other people to please, you can't have one thing be so dominant the whole time. And everybody has to eat. But I feel as though. Members could have been different. Some of the booking towards the you know middle section when it could have still been saved could have been different. And had things been a little different, I think the OBN would be remembered a lot better. What I do know is I definitely worked hard to make it great in times that it wasn't great. And, you know, towards the end, I was completely, you know, over the OBN. I wanted it to end. Um... You know, it's just a shame. I look back on the OBN as one of those things that could have been so much better had little changes been done. Yeah, but the one moment from the OBN that I will always remember, and I think you'll remember because of the circumstances surrounding it, was your final day as COH World Champion. You had lost <laughs> to, believe it or not, people, at the time it was not expected. Goonie. No defeated you for the COH World Championship. Um, were, was, do you think Goonie was the right choice to take the title from you, or do you think there was other options? Of course he was the right choice. I lobbied for him. Just mm. um, something people don't know. And see, that's not something I wanted to put out there, because, you know, I'm don't. I, I I'm not that guy, oh, I got this guy over, I did this for this guy, I did this, but you know, the narrative has been put out there for a while. I never said anything about it. Oh, Nate basically, and, and this has been said for years, that Nate basically played politics and put his career on the line so he could hold the title. When in reality, I knew it was over. I knew I was losing the title. And I lobbied for Goonie because me and Goonie are very tight. We've been very tight for a long time since uh, the whole... YWC era. In fact, uh, <laughs> David Bitts was one of the few people to put it together. Who, you know, before he was on your podcast, David Bitts would always say, always accuse me of my quote-unquote click that I have with Goonie, with Vaughn, with Nathan, with you know others. You know, 
one of the guys that I used to have that's that is definitely not fond of you, who I believe created a lot of the tension between me and you. We'll get into that later, um, <laughs> which okay. is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, da, da, da. Oh, so Goonie was the right guy at the right time, and you know there are guys who I'm huge fans of, um, huge fans of like. If I would have lost to Kevin Cross, Kevin Crisis, I would have been static with that. I was, you know, if I was losing to, you know, other people, I would have been happy too. It's not that, oh, I'm only going to lose the Goonie brother and this doesn't work for me. You know, you don't understand the life of Hulkamania until you step in the red and yellow boots, brother. It was nothing like that. I knew I was going to lose, and it was an attempt to reinvent my character. It wasn't to play politics. I figured the Bully Nate character had done everything it can do to that point. And, you know, the OBN is gone. I'm going to lose the title. If I lose, I have to retire. It was a way for me to come back with something different. So it wasn't to play politics. And I had known that Goonie was going to beat me. Travis had told me two weeks prior. Yeah, but the the thing is, though, is that the OBN did continue, and then you came back the following CPV. Yeah, because he wasn't ready to end the OBN. He felt the OBN needed an actual ending. Which I agree with. I wasn't. I wasn't thinking on the level of the OBN needing an ending. I, to me, the OBN ended the moment I lost the belt because the whole rebellious attitude ended. I didn't think the character Bully Nate had anything left to offer after losing that match to Goonie the way he lost it. And it wasn't, you know, an attempt to you know undercut the process. I just didn't see life after. With the OBN for Bully Nate, because I saw Bully Nate as somebody who's not, you know, typical wrestling personality where the money's in the chase. The money in him was in the title belt. So he lost the title, and I thought that was going to be the end of it. But no, the OBN needed its proper closing. And yeah, I agree. I wasn't going to say no to Travis at that time. Travis could tell me to. <laughs> You're going to lose to David Vince at that time, who, you know, was doing the accent that I couldn't stand at that time. And I would have said, okay. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, so I think Travis could even tell you, like, you know, through all, I, I don't believe I've ever said no to Travis about anything he's ever asked me to do. So, you know. Well, we I will. Just, yeah. Um, we'll get it to Travis and, uh, later because there is a big question i got to ask you, but. Uh, mm-hmm. so you took the hiatus, you came back, and then you worked with Alex for a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because this was, uh, there was two big angles, one involving me and Bateman, and then one involving you and Alex. Uh, Alex had this philosophy that he really wanted your match with him to be big for Ultimate Glory, because at this point, OBN had split up, we did the big, uh, the breakup, and mm-hmm. I went off with Bateman, and I did an angle where I pissed on Bateman's fictional brother's ashes. And Alex needed something just as big. And so what he did was he had taken a photo of, at that time, your recently deceased father and burned mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You approve of that? Absolutely. Damn. The, see, and you're talking to the guy who wanted to do the the, the, the nation of segregation versus the Islamic yep. nations, right? Like I'm all in it. Like, and see, it wasn't about me losing. It wasn't about me winning. At that time, me and Alex were really tight, and I'm like, hey, man, this is gonna be fucking great. Like, let's do it. Like, 
Wrestling is always at its best when it blurs the lines of reality, in my opinion. Any era, today, yesterday, 80s, and the future. When you get that involved, that makes people go, oh my God, did that really just happen? It's the best. So I was all for it, and he asked. He did not just do it, because had he just done it, I probably would have felt a type of way about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he played it smart. He's and he asked me, he's like, Hey Nate, you know, would you have a problem? I'm like, Man, that's fucking awesome. Go for it. Like, mm-hmm. let's do it. And people actually thought and he had a little bit of heat for a while. I remember people actually thought he did it without, you know, <laughs> doing it the right way. Right. But Alex wasn't that kind of guy. No, he would never do something like that. No. That's something David Bence would do. <laughs> I message you, David. Uh, well, maybe Peter Gilmore, but not... Uh, oh, but, he'll uh, flag me first and then do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, after that, you took your hiatus. You you came back. We actually came back on the same show. Uh, yes, we Warfare. did. I came back with a new look, not necessarily a new personality. You, however, had a new gimmick, new everything. Um, Scott Hall pretty much reincarnated. Absolutely. My favorite of all time. You know, I had to finally pay some you know, homage to him. Mm. You know, and that's my way of doing it. So you know, I didn't want to get too much in it because you know, I know there's a lot of criticism and call and people, you know, quote unquote rip off characters. So I wanted to do Scott Hall, but you know, my way I didn't want to, you know, take all his, you know, mannerisms for promos and I didn't want to, you know, do every little thing he did, just my way of paying homage to Scott Hall. Right. Now, this season, I don't remember much of your run other than two things. You you had a program with Johnny Thunder, because at yes. Ultimate Glory 3, they had the, the turn where Johnny turned against you, and yes. pretty much ended with you squashing him. What, what was your <laughs> memories of that? Angle. You know, it was a it was a bucket list thing because at the time, me and Thunder had been cool since like '07, doing YWC stuff, and I always wanted to work with him. He wanted to work with me, M- much like me and Alex. Like at this time, I was going through the you know what boxers do when they're you know up there in career, they do prize fighting. Right, you'll see Mayweather, Pacquiao, stuff when people are completely out of their prime, but now they're doing stuff they've always wanted to do. And that's what I was doing with Thunder. I always wanted to work with him. I always wanted to have a few with him, but you know he was more of a you know, a, a promo guy, a manager guy. So, you know, it never really happened. So when I saw Squash, I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was funny. But, you know, you know, I always wanted to work with Thunder. So I was definitely in for that. And then the other thing that I remember you doing, I, I can't even remember how long you were doing it for, but it ended abruptly as well. It was you teaming up with uh, Amir McDermott, who's known as AM Punk. <sighs> yeah. Uh-oh. Big sigh. A mayor, mayor, mayor. One of my greatest disappointments. Me and him were so close for so long, and that's not the case anymore. We don't get along at all anymore. But at that time, really? I was very yeah. No, we haven't spoken uh, since the Eagles uh, Patriots Super Bowl. It's been that long since we've had any communication. But um, I was disappointed at that time. But I, you know, I should have expected it. I put myself on the line for him in COH, and him and Travis, they could not get along, and you know exactly why. I mean, there's the infamous stuff that goes back about the, you know, uh, 
YWF stealing stuff, and then yeah, maybe maybe for the people who don't know what happened, let me let me elaborate here. Mm-hmm. So basically, yeah. um, there was an incident where Travis uploaded a video called Anarchy in the UK, one of those uh, UK shows. I can't remember the exact term that it was used, but suffice to say. YWF had done something similar, and and Marco had accused him of stealing, along with Amir. And Travis was trying to defend himself. It basically was just an argument. And apparently, Amir had recorded the the call and almost sent it to him. This is the story I'm told. Uh, And what happened was, was the, the reason it caused a big controversy was that me and Amir had a rift Maybe, maybe like a month prior about recording Skype calls and how creepy it is and some stupid shit like that. And it was at that point that their friendship never reconciled. There was always some sort of no. weird friction between the two, even from that point forward. Yeah. And you could tell it was boiling, and at, at some point it was going to burst. And I think the yeah. breaking point was, was Amir, while working for COH, was bad-mouthing them. And that was at that point Travis had enough and just removed him from uh, the company. But at the time, you were teaming with him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you remember what you were supposed to do? We were going to have a big storyline. That whole situation caused a little rift between me and Travis at the time. It was the first time that ever happened. Travis, a guy I've known since 07, 08. We had never had a problem. And still to this day today, we haven't had a problem since then. That one little time we had an issue. Me and Amir were supposed to have a storyline. I was, you know, in and out of COH at the time. I was going through my own things. And Amir, you know, me and him were really, really, really cool at the time. Like, he, me and him were cool on the level of me and Vaughn. So we were really cool. And Amir had told me, you know, he's not really doing anything in COH. You know, he's Amir McDermott. He didn't really like the gimmick. He didn't like what was going on. So I was like, okay, well, let me mess with Travis. So I was like, hey, Travis, why don't you have me and Amir do a storyline since, you know, he's not really doing anything. I haven't been active in a while. It would be a good way to get us all in the mix. So Travis comes on to Skype. We lay it out like, I'm going to be Amir's manager. I'm going to try to manage him to, you know, get to the level of greatness. But I'm going to be like, uh, who, who should I use? I'm going to be like Paul Roger Hayman. May, yeah, Paul Heyman, Roger Mayweather, you know, that kind of personality that's so annoying with teddy atlas perfect name i'm gonna be like teddy atlas training mike tyson he's gonna be the most annoying kind of trainer there ever could be to the point where you can't work with him that was gonna be me i was gonna be annoying amir to be on him to be great and amir was finally gonna turn on me and i was gonna set up a big match down the line me and amir and i was gonna put amir over because at that time at that phase of my career that's where i was you got to put people over and I didn't have a problem with that as long as, you know, it wasn't me getting, you know, buried in a minute or so. Right. And, and, but then he had the whole blow up with Travis and it just completely ruined it, completely blew it. And I was upset at Amir because, you know, I put myself on the line with him for the storyline. And then after that happened, Travis at the time, he didn't, because it was in the middle of everybody's storylines. Now I'm not involved in this storyline, and I felt fucked over because of what happened between him and Amir. So I was a little upset at Travis, very upset at Amir. And, you know, I just felt it was a waste because that's one of those things that have never happened. Like, there are people in call that I haven't worked with that I would like to work with at the time. Amir was one of them. At the time, you were another one of them, but we never got to that yet. Mm -hmm. Austin Reed was one of them. 
you know, there were people that I wanted to work with. AJ was one of them. And, you know, I just felt we blew a big match, a big storyline, all for a bunch of nothing. For, you know, what Travis was saying. What, you know, what Travis was saying, I can confirm, was honest. And it would definitely be bad-mouthing COH in public, too. He wouldn't be hiding it. He would be doing it on the call shoot page. He would be doing it on Ask FM. He would be doing it everywhere. And he was still in the company. So, at the time... You know, what can you do? Somebody's bad mouthing your show so much, you're not going to take that. So. Mm. And without going into personal, like, grievances, is there a reason that you and Amir are not on talking terms? Because he is very toxic. And I'm never a guy to act like I'm so much better than people or whatever, but, you know, he just had ways of bringing out people's worst characteristics and well we had an instance where it was something and this isn't too personal of a story um we we had a disagreement about wrestling of all things in the dm it was me and a couple other people that we always associate with and amir's a guy and you know this very well from the arguments you've had with him he's a guy who's who always wants to be right no matter what and once you disagree with him he sort of takes it personally so it was a a stupid little meme of one pay-per-view has to go Money in the Bank, Survivor Series, WrestleMania. So I said Money in the Bank, he said Survivor Series. Whatever, we disagree. People can disagree. But he's so upset that I'm not agreeing with his opinion or whatever. So after that, he started posting you know, sub-tweets about me, about other people on Twitter that I would see, and I would ignore it. And then it just kept going on and on and on and on until finally I had enough, and we had a confrontation. And from that day, that's been it. And we haven't spoken, and I don't believe we will because, you know, that toxic kind of personality is not what I need <laughs> right now. So, yeah. you know, that, that was that's only, pretty much what happened. That was only my my issue. It, was pretty much, it seems to be identical. It's just that he, he, as soon as some big disagreement happens, he just can't let it go. That was always... Exactly. It, that's yeah. just what it was. But anyways, uh, moving on, so... We now get into the new uh, generation of consoles, and now you're in uh, Season 5, and yeah. we have the big tournament with the global title. Yeah. Um, you ended up in the finals, losing to the Goonie. And yes. there was a point where, apparently you had announced you would quit. Yes. Were, was this a legitimate quitting, or... Were, was it a work? It was a work, 100% work. It was a way, what, it was trying to go back to the well. I was trying to do what I did previously when I had the match with Goonie to redo my character, something new. I wanted to be a baby face. I never had done that one time. I was always a heel from the beginning to that point. And I remember I cut the face promo and Goonie's message. He's like, man, I never thought I'd hear you cut a promo. It was really good. You should have done it a long time ago. I'm like... You know, I, I didn't think to be a face. I didn't think I was a likable person to be a face. Because to be a face, you got to be goony, a likable, you know, kind of person. Mm. But me losing the title, the story the story behind that was I was supposed to win that match. Um, and me and Travis didn't have great communication. So Travis did what any, you know, owner would do. And he put the title on Goonie. It was supposed to be mine. That was part of... Uh, Travis was trying to make up for the whole Amir situation. And he's like, okay. Because he realized that you know I had been 
burned with a storyline that would have led to another one. And, you know, at the time, he wanted to establish Battleground with a name to have the title on him that was different than Goonie or somebody else. So, you know, that whole thing happened. But, you know, I was still around. And, you know, we tried to do, you know, say goodbye to the bad guy, say hello to, you know, the great one. Mm-hmm. And that lasted a little while. Right. The the thing that's always perplexed me is out of every guy that, that has come into COH, or actually, actually I shouldn't say come in, who has left COH, usually Travis does announce it on the page, but he's never announced your departure if there is one. Because the last show that you are recorded to have been on in COH was Ready to Rumble, Ready to Rumble 4, which was, yeah. <laughs> uh, ironically enough, a match with the Goonie. Yeah, um, we can't escape each other. <laughs> exactly, and and it was a, a title match where, again, you fell victim to the Goonie. But what's interesting is there's, I, maybe I'm overhyping it. But there seems to, this has gotten to what people have called the Bret Hart Tom McGee levels of like <laughs> infamy. I need to know because I got Travis on here and and I asked your relationship and he basically said what you said. You guys get along, but this was the last show, and I'll, I'll just throw it out there. At one point, David had told me that you were on a rant or on a uh, fuck COH binge after this show. Let, let's get your side of this whole entire scenario because I don't think you've been able to say your piece. Okay, so maybe I got the timeline mixed up. Maybe that's what I was supposed to win the title. At ready to ro- maybe, that, maybe I got the timeline messed up. Maybe it wasn't from the tournament, maybe it was from there. One of those places I was supposed to win the title, and actually it's probably the latter. It's been a while now. Mm. Um, when it comes to Travis, I got nothing but love for Travis. Um, he knows that. He's one of my favorite people. Um, when I was going to bring CWS back you know, a couple of months ago, I asked him to be a part of it, and he said he would. Well, there's no heat there with me and Travis. What happened at that time, though, I felt burned by Travis when in all actuality he was doing what he should have done. I felt burned that, you know, he didn't tell me ahead of time that he had changed the booking. I believe it was for Ray Rumble. It could be the show before, but then again, that doesn't make sense because I did the fake quitting angle. Um, you know, I felt burned by Travis. I didn't say fuck COH. Like, that, those words never came out of my mouth. I was definitely feeling a type of way about it. Um, and I don't remember if I told Travis, hey, I need to take a you know hiatus until I get my head on straight. Maybe I did tell him that. Actually, I think I did tell him that because I wouldn't just you know leave him high and dry like that. That's not how I do things. But um, I definitely did tell him that I need you know time to get my shit together because I was going through my own stuff and I felt burnt. And by that time, I was very burnt out of car. Um, you know, I was really upset at how things were going with CWS. You know, I just wasn't a happy person and. And to be honest with you, I wasn't I had I wasn't happy at COH for a long time before that point. Like I wasn't happy all the way. I, you know, in my opinion, the last thing that I did worth the substance was the whole feud I had with Alex. And everything after that point that was, you know, not happy. It has nothing to do with Travis. You know, it's just it just wasn't 
the place for me to be anymore at that time. So I didn't quit. But, you know, I think Travis didn't announce that I was future endeavor because of the friendship we have. And, you know, how do, how do you say that about, like, I would never say that for him in CW. How would I say that about my first champion, your future endeavor? Like, I, I wouldn't say that about him, and I don't think he'd say that about me. But the reality is I'm not a part of COH, and I haven't been for a long time. That show was, what, 2016, 2015? 2016. Yeah, 2016. It's been a long time. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's just the way the cookie crumbles that, you know, it was, you know, bad place, bad time uh, for that global title. And I just wasn't in it. My head was not in the game at that time. And uh, also, you know, I have felt a way about things that happened with Amir and that company at that time, and I felt, you know, I don't know, I felt that he was done dirty at that time, which, you know, looking back, he wasn't. And then I wasn't happy with things that happened with Nathan in the company, with him and Bateman. I just, it was just a real negative vibe I had going on at that time. So, you know, it wasn't a fuck COH vibe, it was more like, you know, this isn't the show that I was once a part of anymore. Like, I felt that was just completely different. And, you know, it just... What about just, the negative vibes happened. on me? Well, not, a lot of that started because of Amir, so we're going to attack that right there, yeah. there. A lot of the stuff that I that I heard about you. See, this is the first time people listen. Me and Steve have never spoke voice-to-voice or you know, FaceTime or anything one-on-one. That has never happened. But we've been to Skype calls before, mm-hmm. obviously, but you know, we don't really know each other that well. And when you hear things about someone, you know... For whatever reason, you take it in, you don't. You took in some things you heard about me, vice versa. Mm. And that's where it started between me and you. Now, going back, what started with me and you before Amir, before all that, I felt that you were out to, I don't know how to say it, not out to get me, but I felt you were being a little too critical of the one bully nation at a time where I thought there were so much other things to criticize and COH, like, and at a time when no one's cutting promos and see in the One Bully Nation, when it's getting criticized so much, I take that as it's coming to me. Because if no one else is doing anything, well, the guy who is doing something, and he's a part of the thing that's getting criticized, I took it as a criticism to me when literally we have guys in COH at that time who aren't cutting promos, who you know, are on the page doing whatever, who are on the cross-shoot page starting a bunch of drama. I thought at that time I had did a lot for COH. So I felt that you were, you know, overly critical of the One Bully Nation, and I wasn't particularly happy about that. And then, you know, it had been relayed to me, you know, I don't exactly remember who, but, you know, that you were a big contributing factor into why the One Bully Nation ended. Not true, is true, whatever, that's what was relayed to me. And then the call con thing happened, and that was a, you know, I was very upset at that because at that time I had never said, sorry, I had never said anything about you in a negative light. And for, you didn't say anything about me in a negative light, but you reiterated things that were told to you about me in a negative light. And I felt as though at the time I was having issues with, AJ and all those guys, of course, they're going to tell you nothing but negativity. Um, no one will ever tell you the good things I did for them in the time, you know, that mm-hmm. we're having a beef. And the fact that at that time you had gone on CallCon, 
and relayed those things and the fact that Alex had said what he said when me and him had never had a problem, I was very offended at that time. So a lot of things had gone on that we didn't have direct communication, so it's easy to take things out of context. And when you're listening to certain people tell certain stories about a person, a mayor in that case, or whoever, you form opinions, you know, but looking back on it now, I have no issue with you. Um, matter of fact, for you guys who don't know, Steve was going to bring me in SWA and put a title on me. Um, which I did. And which you did. And I suggested Kevin. And there's no beef here. You know, people, you know, if you learn anything from hearing what I just said, just talk to, no. talk to each other because, you know, had I keep listening to what other people are telling me Steve is saying or, or what Steve is thinking or what Steve said and I don't ask him and vice versa, I'm going to have these feelings that, oh, this guy has a beef with me. So that's where our animosity was at that time. And keep in mind, the animosity wasn't like how me and Rudos was where it was out in the open and we were telling each other, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. It was always, yeah, no. it was one of those things. Uh, I, when, when I was critical of OBN, it was more so the fact that I felt like a, a faction that was in the spot that was in, it could be so much better. Like, you're the, the big contributing factor to why the group is... And AJ, let me not throw him out there. Sean mm -hmm. was way too new at that time, but I felt like the biggest thing was, if for whatever reason you left, who could take over? Like, there's nobody that could take... Like, okay, perfect example would be DX. When Shawn Michaels left, you had Triple H take over. If, if, if the NWO, if Hogan, for whatever reason, said, this don't work for me, brother, and just walked out... You still had Scott Hall and Kevin Nash that could have taken over the reins. Or if you wanted to turn Sting heel or whatever. You had plenty of guys. And I felt like the OBN had lacked that. And I guess that I, I, I have criticized it. Maybe more so than I should have. But I felt like for a group that had, especially now with what we know, with the talent that it had, I, I was surprised that it didn't capitalize on it at the time. But... Um, as far as the other stuff is concerned, yes, I, I basically took other people's opinion, but I tried to stress it. I don't know if any of that was true because I'm not there for any of that. I always stress to say, this is what I've heard. Don't know. Let me come on here and defend himself. Let him tell his side of the story because I don't know. Um, but yes, uh, and, and, and there's one other guy that also tried to stir shit between us. And I didn't realize it until after we ousted him. And that was Sonny. I remember yeah, I would have never known that. Yeah, that hurt me too because Sonny's a guy who I went to bat for. You know, I don't know what it is about me. You know, I just am I just a, you know a defense attorney in the making. You know, I just got to take on the most you know head cases ever. But I went to bat for Sonny a lot. Sonny would always message me, "Hey Nate, thank you for this. You know, thank you for that. You know, I really like what you did here. You know, can you criticize my promos?" And you know, to find out he did that, I was really fucked up. I've never had a problem with him at all. Not once. And I was like, really? Between me and Steve, and, and this was at a point at that time where, okay, me and Steve have had our messages out, everything is cool now, so, you know, and then it's that. Like, <laughs> yeah. a little weird move. He would put, like, a comment on your page saying that uh, he would do something like, oh, uh, Steve's better than you, fight me, or whatever, and then he would do the same, but vice versa with me, and I would just be like, um, okay. 
And, and then that would lead us to thinking it's the other person doing it. Like, you know, we're, I'm trolling you or vice versa when it's really him. Honestly, yeah. I never I never thought you were trolling me because I felt like you did. I, I, to be honest, I didn't think you cared enough to do that. I thought no. you had better things to worry about than to try and send me a stupid message like that. So I never insinuated it was you, or at least I don't think it did. But, um... I, I just recalled that and being like, wow, he actually tried to get us to fight. And I, I don't, I don't know. I don't understand why. Very yeah. weird. But, um, so w- this, this departure from COH, is it a permanent departure or what? Because I don't, I, well, go ahead. Sorry. No, I, that, that's pretty much the question. Is it a permanent departure? You know, I don't want it to be, um, you know, if, you know, me and Travis could, you know, talk about it one day, if, you know, it was the right situation, I'm down. You know, I, I didn't walk away from this like, you know, I'm never coming back. Like, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, CM Punk, you know, I'm never doing wrestling again. I'm never, it was, it was never that kind of thing. Actually, you know, I did, you know, message Travis, you know, probably a month ago, month or two ago, you know, just putting feelers out there to see what's going on. You know, it's, it's nothing that has to be permanent, but if it is, I understand. Um, but I didn't leave in a disrespectful way that Travis would be like, you know, I'm never bringing him back. Or, and he didn't disrespect me on the way out for me to go, I'm never coming back. So, you know, mm. we're going we're to treat this like a real wrestling business. You never say never. Brother. <laughs> Anything can happen in a wrestling business. Who's next? You know, maybe there's going to be a COH show in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> oh yeah, get some two old timers. Get like Bateman and Garnet Cork to have a match, the biggest dream match of all time. I mean, I would love to have the money that they're handing out to WWE, but uh, unfortunately, Car doesn't pay up enough for that. But um, I, I, w- I want to know this your opinion on this because Travis mm-hmm. and I had this discussion, and it involved the Hall of Fame and. He kept saying, and he sticks by his guns, that he does not feel the Hall of Fame should happen unless his first inductee is Bateman. And I said to Travis that you would be just as good as a first inductee. I think you would suffice just as much. He, where do you stand on this? Do you think Bateman deserves it? Do you think you deserve it? Does it not matter? What? Where is your head of thinking on that? I mean, personally, I'm not the biggest fan of Bateman, so if it were my pick for who would go in first, if it's not me, it's you. If it's not you, it's Alex. I think any of us would do as a first time. And, you know, maybe Travis thinks of something else and puts himself in first to, you know, so there's no, oh, this guy went in before this guy, that guy went in before that guy. But, you know, to me, when it comes to a Hall of Fame, you know, as long as we're in, as long as we get in, I'm happy because all of us, me, you, Alex, there's a lot of other guys too. You know, I say, you know, Sean Walsh now, he's been there a long time putting in work. There's a lot of guys who've done a lot for that show, and I'm not the only one. So if I go in first, second, third, you know, it's cool. Because respect was always a thing with me and COH, and that's the real Bret Hart factor I guess I had. That's a lot of issues that have come up had to be – about respect, because, you know, I felt there was a lack for all the things that I did for COH, and all the things COH did, too. I'm not going to act like, you know, I did this, I did that, but at the time, you know, I didn't feel enough respect was coming my way for a lot of things I did. 
inadvertently or not. But, you know, if Bateman were going first, you know, it's Travis's company. I'm not the biggest fan of Bateman, but that doesn't mean he doesn't, you know, deserve Personally it or, or professionally? Uh, a little bit of both. Okay. Because of how he uh, handled the whole situation with Nathan Roberts. I just felt someone his age should have definitely been more laid back about the approach and not, you know, had to go the whole fuck you in character, out of character thing. I thought I was a little bit ridiculous. And, you know, professionally, I, you know, hey, I'm not here to rip the guy. That's not what I'm here to do. But, you know, I just, if it were my pick and I, I'm not going to be an egomaniac to put myself in first, I would say M. Accuracy is the first guy to go in if it's not Nate the Great or if it's not Goonie or Alex. But either way, we're all going to get in. You know what I mean? If he even does a Hall of Fame one day. Mm. No, it's just I know we've all contributed. We've all done a lot. Ray's done a lot. I don't know how burnt that bridge is. But, you know, Ray definitely did do a lot after me. After, you know. Mm-hmm. There's, there's been a lot of contributors. Mm. Speaking of Ray, you just said that you were in GCF, or GSF. Um, yes. I haven't kept up, so tell, tell me about this GSF character that you're doing. Any different from what you've done before? Oh, absolutely. Um, there's not a lot of promo there because I want my guy to be more fight-orientated. He's more of a MMA-slash-boxing kind of personality to get the job done. He's the Iceman, Nate Aikman. He's the man of no emotions. He's not face. He's not heel. He's in the middle. He does the thing that's right at the moment to him. Sort of an anti-hero in some regards. He's the guy, he's everything WWE should be pushing Bobby Lashley as, and in both his runs in WWE, they don't know how to push him. Hmm. Um, he should just go out there and be an assassin. He should not be out here doing what he's doing in TNA. I'm sorry, WWE. Um, that's and that's what I want Nate, the eight, Iceman Aikman to do, and Ray, you know, agree with that, because he didn't want me to come in, and, and he has that thing that I have that Marco had back in the day. I, you know, I will say some positive things about Marco. He, he wants people to be different there than where they are everywhere else. So he didn't particularly you know, want Nate the Greater bully Nate there. You know, let's do something different. And I was all for that. Different is good. And I, you know, I like the character that I'm doing right now. Right now I have a feud with Jay Crack and Von Hollywood. It's a little bit of a three-way feud, which is different. But I like it. Mm. You, said, uh, you know what? I just forgot. You did wrestle for YWF. You did have a run in, in Marco Rose's company. And I remember you had a bad falling out over there as well. Like, any, it, Was it similar to some of the other falling outs you have had? Or what, what, what's the story there? I was being loyal to Travis. And, and, and me and Travis had both left at the same time. Or we were supposed to, but Travis stayed. But then he left eventually. Um, I didn't like what, how they were treating Travis over there, and I'm, you know, say what you want about Nate. I'm a very loyal guy, and when I feel as though somebody is, you know, messing with somebody that I, you know, really like, I'm gonna stand up for them if they don't say something first. And that's what happened with me and Marco. There was some a lot of stuff going over there with Travis and, and me, and I left. And uh, you know, the one positive thing I will say about him here is he put me and Marco in a call. It's like, okay, work y'all shit out. And me and Marco talked it out, and we got along. But mm. yeah, at the time it was a very bad. That's probably the worst departure I've ever had from any call show. Is that one? <laughs> mm. 
Yeah, because I, I do remember the fold specifically, and and now that I'm remembering, yeah, because that 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 was right before Travis started this new faction with me and Kevin, and yes. and then. The faction, after it ran its course, fucking Kevin and Travis left, and I was ended up the the lone guy there. So, it it pretty much set up a whole array of different things that would come later on. So, yeah, mm. uh, that was a big regret. I liked YWF, but you know that situation wasn't cool to me at the time. Right, and it, that this was only with Marco, or was it also with Chronix, who also does a lot of the booking? Only with Marco. I've never had a conversation with Chronix, believe it or not. <laughs> I've never even talked to him. I mean, I understand he did a lot of good work for YWF, but I never... That's how quick the run was. I never really got into the whole YWF, you know, system. Mm. Yeah. So it's as quick as my SWA, uh, I guess, run with the new gen consoles, because I only did about four or five shows. Yeah. Which you need to bring back, sir. I have been told that, yes. <laughs> so uh, I'm just going to add on to other people on the podcast to say, bring back SWA. I would, except that it didn't seem like anybody gave a shit when I was running it. You got to give them time, man. With time, they would have. They would have. Uh, I liked it. I, 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 I get that, because uh, obviously I was using you, and then, and I was using uh, Kevin, so they obviously cared, but, like, even guys that I was using, like, like um, I, this came off, to, the, it could have came off differently to me, but I remember I was using Fisk for a storyline, it didn't seem like Andrew was really uh, caring about it, but again... Uh, he has time to come on here and defend himself. Uh, Stefan, I had on my show. It didn't seem like he really cared much about the, the show. Um, obviously, it was right around the time the Sunny incident happened, which kind of soured my taste in everything at that point, especially call-related. Um, nobody, I, I, I guess I've never really uh, came out and said that, that yes, that... That kind of internally put a sour taste in my mouth. I didn't really go out and, and, and express it. Because I tried to be the guy that's like, let's not look at the negative, let's look at the positive. But it did put a sour taste in my mouth on a lot of things, amongst other things. But that that yeah. was going on in my life. But suffice to say, yeah, that was that was not good. And and I've uh, I, I've said it before. I say it again. He has a spot on the show if he wants to tell a story. But I don't think he has the balls to be honest. With you. And I know that's going to be all oh, come on, Nate. But because it takes a real special kind of person to sit and admit what they've done wrong, and, and, and he doesn't have many good things he could come on here and say. What can he say? He he tried to get a man fired. He tried to start beef with everybody. He tried to take down people's shows. He's a, you know, real, he's a real weird kind of guy for doing all that. I don't see how he'll come up here without mm. anything but an apology, but will the apology be legitimate? He's just going to say what he thinks people want to hear. So mm. I don't think he'll do it. If he does it, I'll be shocked. But then again, there's going to be people who see my name up here and be like, what? So <laughs> now, um, I'm not sure because I'm, I'm not privy to the whole entire history. But did you ever uh, compete in AWF, which would be Sean Walsh's promotion? No, I didn't. And it's crazy to think that me and him used to be at one time extremely, extremely, extremely close. Um, we don't have any problems right now, but we're just not nowhere near as close as we used to be. We used to be, you know, from that period of 2008 to like 20, 
14 if she, you know, you couldn't separate us. And I was never in his show, but he was in mine. And I was giving him advice on stuff to do with his show. I was supposed to be in it, but it, it just never happened. Mm. I was on his show with a different character. I don't even remember the name of it, but it was a character that he gave me. And my fault on this one, I didn't contribute. And so the character kind of died. And I think it was best because the character he gave me, I wasn't feeling it. I should have just said straightforward, I'm not feeling it. But that that's on me. So uh, he gave me a second chance with this new character. And the same, I could say the same for what I did in DZW, which is AJ Young's fed. Have you ever done anything for AJ in his fed? No, and I was supposed to on a different character than I, one of my original creations, but it just never happened. Um, it was always a long-running joke about DZW back in the day. They, they were basically the original CWS and XW where they would put one episode out and then nothing, one, two episodes out, nothing. So, you know, we would always tease AJ about that back in the day, but I was never in it, and I was supposed to be. That's another show I was supposed to be in, and it just didn't happen for whatever reason. Mm. And another company, which is ran by Andrew, ECF. What about that one? No, I've never been in there. Uh-uh. I was never asked to be a part of it. I so see. Not, not that I wouldn't join. And, and he he's someone who always liked CWS, and me and him have never had an issue, so it's not like you know he would say, oh, Nate's not coming in my show. I just... I don't know if he thought that I would want to be a part of it or anything like that, so you know he just didn't ask me. But no, I wasn't part of that show. It's a good show. I've watched episodes. Right. I, I just wish he wouldn't be Undertaker like schedule with his shows, but that's <laughs> people have got their lives and all that stuff. So, um, my my only another thing I had is that you had CW. Why did you change the name from CWS to WCW? Oh, because WCW was the original name way back. Um, mm. So my first call fed that I ran when I first started, this was EWF. I know, cringy now. Extreme Wrestling Federation. That only lasted mm. for like a year. And then I did World Call Wrestling, and I actually uploaded every single Monday, and that drained me. Drained me, keeping up that schedule, but I kept it up. And it was such a big time. But I had stopped doing it, and then I, you know, created CWS. And when CWS wasn't active for, I was like, oh, let me bring back WCW. So yeah, that was it. Was one of those shows I had had already. But you know, CWS is the brand. Right? I should have just kept it CWS. I shouldn't have bought back C or WCW. It was a half measure. Mm. And oh shit, I just when when you were working with my company, um, I gave you the mouthpiece of J Crack. And yes. I, we were just talking on this last edition, and he had the most stereotypical Asian name. Um, <laughs> I, I think I was the one that put, paired you two up. Did you like having J-Crack as your uh, Sonny Ono? or were you Oh, just... absolutely. I love J-Crack. You know something? He's one of the few people in the world. Who, it got, he could say the most a little bit of nothing, and I'll laugh. Like, he's fucking great. I love Jay. So I was happy for that. That was a real good thing to have. Yeah. Yeah, um, especially since he's one of the few people that doesn't take a whole lot of shit seriously, at least the the way his sense of humor is, so you need more and of I like that. that. We live in times nowadays where people, you can't really say anything, and he's one of those people who is politically incorrect, and I love every second of it. <laughs> right, I, I'll definitely give you that. What, what about TCF, Troll 
CEO. Oh God! <laughs> no, I was never involved with that. The Tiller, oh, the Tiller Call Federation or Troll Call Federation, whichever iteration you're referring to, I wasn't involved with either one. Um, I would have been involved with Jay's. I just was not going to be involved with Reggie's. God. Oh, what, what are you trying to say? Reggie couldn't run a call fed? Uh, more or less. <laughs> like he would have me lose to, you know, if he could have it his way, he'd book me in a match with Hercule from Dragon Ball Z with the special referee being Judge Joe Brown. And then, <clears throat> I just don't know. I, I got yeah. I got a question for you. I actually haven't asked this to many of uh, my people. If you had to bring back one guy, it, whether it be to feud with or just to see have one more run, who would you like to see have one more run and call? Wow. Oh, boy. That's a really good question because, boy, there are some people from way back in the day, like 07, 08, but... Oh... You know what? And, and this is probably going to be like, oh, come on, because I know so many people don't like this guy. I would like to see Austin come back. I would like to see it. Austin Reed. Yeah. Oh, like boy. Do, do you not know the uh, the fallout him and I had? I don't know that you two had a fallout. I know about him having his issues with, you know, Sako and, and Carol and, mm. you know, I, I feel Well, like who doesn't he, have an issue with Carol? Let's Let's... Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But, you know, I, I, I watched him in YWF. I, I just liked the way he cut promos, so, and I felt like there was money left on the table with him. I feel like he could have really done something really well if his attitude was, you know, if he was more of a humble. And he is a humble person personally if you talk to him, but I just sometimes he doesn't come off humble uh, at all. You may want to have another conversation with him because uh, I remember one time <laughs> – we were talking, we, he was talking about something that happened, and he said, why can't the world be more like me? <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, you think you're perfect, okay. But um, our going out is more on his end than me, because really I didn't care. He shared a video of some girl who was like 18, and uh, the girl was, she had her feet on the subway, I, you're from Jersey, so I'm, I'm assuming you've been to New York before, and you know how... Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know how the subway trains work. Yes. You don't put your feet up, because no, you everyone, if anybody wants to sit down, whatever. So, a cop who just happened to be in the, the station saw this girl and asked her to put her feet down, and she refused. Obviously, it only gets the part at the uh, part where she's about to make the arrest. So... I'm watching this whole clip. I, I gave the whole clip a chance. And he's basically defending the girl. And I'm like, well, if she broke the rules, then the cop was well within his right to raise issue with it. Because what if it was an elderly man that needed that seat or a pregnant woman, whatever. And Absolutely. He, he got real mad and told me, don't even debate me back. And, and, and I'm not going to even argue with ignorance. And then when I said, uh, okay, there, Jack, he blocked me. Wow. I'm block to this day that was a year and a half it was, it was a couple months before ultimate glory so yeah it was about a year and some change that's crazy man I've, I've had so many debates with him about music and stuff and you know he's a big eminem guy and i'm not and he's never yeah. gotten like that i'm surprised well don't worry i'm not an eminem guy either and we've had our <laughs> debates about eminem so um yeah so actually there was another question i passed this to a couple people 
And it's, it seems to be the new debate on, well, I shouldn't say debate, but a topic of discussion in Koshu. Where are the women in this hobby of ours? Why aren't we getting more girls involved in our hobby? I think because a lot of women who first got involved with Call joined through YWC, and I feel as though the YWC isn't as big as it used to be. And a lot of women probably just don't know that call goes on. Maybe they're just unaware. Um, I, I wish I had a great answer for that, but, you know, some I'll be completely honest with you, I feel as though that with a lot of the personalities and the people that are around, maybe it's a good thing they're not around, because I feel as though some of these guys would be a little thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what and, everyone else said. You know, maybe it's a good idea <laughs> that they're not around. Yeah. Mm. Especially with those who hide under accounts who pretend yes. to be yes but yeah um, that's very weird very very weird um the only other thing that i have is and i usually try to end this with guests is the future where does the future hold for nate the great bully nate nathaniel carter whoever you go by like where does he go from here yeah i've been in this game a long time and um <laughs> I ask myself that question a lot. You know, with me bringing CWS back this time, it, it definitely is the last hoorah for CWS. Um, I'm in Ray's show. I'm in Khan's show. You know, if uh, if the things were to work out, you know, I could do COH again. Uh, I don't know how much longer I have left, though, to be completely honest with you. You know, my life is changing so much. I'm moving <laughs> to Virginia in a couple of weeks. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, for the summer, then when I come back, um, I decided to go back to school. I graduated high school in 2010, and, you know, I've been working straight out of high school, but, you know, you realize you put your pay plateaus, so I'm not making the money I want to make, and the reality is you're not going to unless you have that piece of paper. And I've come to the realization finally, and, you know, my brother is getting his master's right now. My sister's in her sophomore year. And everybody else, my mother, my, you know, uncles, they all went to school. So I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going for programming. And it's a high-paying field. And it's like, you know, I'm going to be 27 this year. And I'm not one of those guys that say you have to be a certain age to do calls. I think that's bullshit. People can love wrestling as much as they want. Call was made because we love wrestling and we want to book it. But... Yeah, you know, I've been in this since '07. I I just don't know how much longer I have left. I'm not looking to retire, but you know, I just I honestly don't know. I would love to be involved with you know call again like I once was, but if I'm not, I'm fully content because I had a great 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 run through all the ups and downs. Mm. Not bad. So. The guys like Ryan Paul Jones, who has never uh, had him employed, here's a guy who just said, "Hey, he's got, he's got eyes set in the future. If you ever want to hire him, and, and to Travis, we, if you're listening to this, you know where to contact Nate if for a big return, if it ever comes. Yeah, if it ever comes. So. Hey, there's still a lot of things, even though I've been in this game a long time. There's still a lot of views that have never happened with me. I'm talking to one of them." Yeah. Wink, that's, wink. That's that's true. <laughs> we we never we've had matches. Matches, we, never a feud. I think what is it like? You are like three and one on me or some shit. 
me some of your wins back. I'm going to be Goldberg, your Brock. You got to get me back and get your win back, huh? Well, or not even Hogan Warrior. <laughs> more <laughs> more like it. Hogan and Flair, because like, I think Flair got like one win and the rest went to Hogan. I think the only <laughs> time I ever pinned you was in the uh, the chamber match. Yeah, Every other time you pinned me. I have, yes. That is very accurate. <laughs> no pun intended. That is true. Yeah, you pinned me in the the, the tournament. You pinned me in the lead-up to the, the chamber match. So, yeah, I think you got me. And so it's two-in-one or some shit like that. I, I can't remember. Actually, you also you beat me for the tag titles, although you didn't pin me. That was good. Yeah, I didn't pin you, but yeah, I was on the winning team. By yes. the way, I, that was a very underrated team. You want to talk happiness? I was very happy doing that team with Goonie, and I knew it was going to be short-lived, but me and Goonie had a blast, man. <laughs> right. Uh, what was your team name called again? Cause Greatest Tag Team. Oh, well, there's... Yeah. There you go. <laughs> it it should have been, like, something more like a two-man power trip, because what was it? Like, two of the biggest names being teamed up. Uh, it's like, it's, it's hard to contain these two guys, because, hey, it's two of the biggest names teaming up, and who's going to beat them? Yeah, man, that was a blast. That was a great idea. Probably went a little longer, but, you know, there's matches out there. I don't know if Zane is still around, but, you know, if, if he is, there's a match. It's never happened. Uh, <laughs> Me and Kevin, there's stuff that's never happened. So, you know, there's – and I – you know, before I did leave, I did tell uh, Travis one time – this is a little funny story I'll share as the last story. Mm. There was a guy that no one really wanted to work with in David Banks, and I told Travis I'd work with him. But then, you know, things happen with Vince, and <laughs> I don't never say never, but yeah. never. Dave, <laughs> yeah, David Vince had back. quite a number of names at the at the end of his uh, run there that uh, he could have faced, but he, he kept burning his bridge uh, with all of them. And yeah. I felt like, damn, so I, I wasted my time putting him over for him to just get <laughs> fired right afterwards. I extended an olive branch to him for him to join CWS again. So you know, we'll see. Cause I, I'm like you. I don't want. I don't want. You know, there's no sense of beating. You know, kicking a you know a man while he's down. Everybody's already down on him. There's no reason to keep beating him up about it. Yeah, I just, right. I just feel that he's a good guy. But enough about David. It's, it's been a pleasure being on your show. Yes, the pleasure was definitely mine. I, I appreciated you coming on. This has definitely been an interesting podcast. I had a lot to talk about. There was no dead air for this one. So <laughs> mm. so I'd like to thank you for coming on. I'm definitely going to have to have you on again at some point. I'm thinking of doing some different formats as well. Maybe having two guests on at the same time. Uh, I, I really want to alter some, some stuff. So... Uh, to anybody out there who may have had any affiliation with Nate, uh, you may want to get get ready because I've got some other formats I'd like to try out. So um, that that's for everybody to hear. So, Nate, thank you very much for coming thank on. You. Thank you for talking about your career, being as honest as you possibly could with everything. And, uh, yeah, to, to everybody, uh, just, just remember, rape is bad. Uh, killing is very bad. bad. Uh, robbery is bad unless you got to feed your family. Um, so just, yeah, don't, don't do any of that. Just <laughs> remember that. Remember that kids. And, and, and drugs is bad unless it's, unless it's the green stuff that you said. That will be legal by next year if Philip Murphy gets it right. That's a whole nother discussion for a whole nother day. Exactly. In fact, I got some in my drawer right here. I should 
touch it. I haven't touched it in like years, and it's still in mint condition. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, everybody, yeah, yeah. Don't don't do any of that. It's very bad for you. So, uh, take care. <laughs>